Hi, Tracy. Jim, Jim, Jim. One of my favorite things is to talk to you. (laughs) I thought it was talking to principals. Oh, I guess I'm a principal. (laughs) You are a principal. Okay. Well, yeah. But your other favorite thing is talking to principals. Right. Right. And this is the Little Things First podcast. And who are we going to talk to today? His name's Tron, but I don't Tron? know the rest of his name. What well, is it? You I found got him. I Tron Young. He is the principal of the year, secondary principal of the year at Joseph Arthur Middle School, and he's in Illinois. So I'm very excited to hear it because again- of this year? Principal of the year this that's year? That's my understanding. Well, oh. 2020. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so I am uh, so anxious because we don't talk to enough secondary principals, and it's kind of a different world. And this guy here, he's at a middle school, so it'll be good to hear from him. Great. All right. Let's, let's do call it. Him. Let's call Hello. Hi, is this Tron? This is he. Hi, Tron. This is Tracy Vandeventer with Little Things First Podcast. We are so happy to talk to you. <laughs> Glad to be on with you finally. <laughs> I'm, I'm with my friend Jim Martin. He is a principal and he is my co-host. Hi, Tron. Awesome. Hello there, Jim. Nice to meet you. <clears throat> nice to meet you as well. Well, as you know, our title of our podcast is Little Things First, where we talk about the little things that make a big difference in schools. And you have been uh, the second identified as a secondary principal of the year in Illinois. So you got to know a little bit about this is what we thought. <laughs> the pressure's on. Well, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're wondering, tell I'm us. At, it, was actually, it was actually middle school. Okay. It was the middle school principal of okay. the year. Yeah. So do you have yeah. a middle school and a, and a high school person identified in Illinois? <clears throat> yeah, we do. We have an elementary, middle school, and a high school. Oh, okay. We don't where we're at, but that makes sense then. So just the middle school will highlight that, which is yeah. which actually I think elevates you even farther up the scale because the middle school, I believe, is one of the most challenging uh, places to be a building level leader. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> you, you have kids who are, you know, trying to be adults, and you have kids who end up being six again. <laughs> A little bit. That's my my experience, anyways. Because they're going through all those changes, and they're trying to figure yeah. out who they are. So. Anyways, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your school, and then we'll kind of jump into some questions about your work. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, so I am, um, so this is my 17th year in education. Uh, I spent most of my career in uh, middle school. I was a middle school math teacher, seventh grade math. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and then I jumped into administration with some uh, coaching from my then superintendent. I did one year as an elementary superintendent, uh, principal, uh, elementary building principal for first through third grade, and then the rest has been in middle school. And then here, uh, middle school is um, for my building is fifth through eighth grade. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so my building is fifth through eighth grade. Um, most places are six, seven, and eight, but uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. That that's that's kind of me. I'm an Illinois guy, born and raised in Southern Illinois. 
And, and tell me about your building as far as how big is your building? How many students, how many teachers? Yeah, so uh, I have a rather small building. I have about 275 kids in my building, and I have uh, about 17 certified staff members and a total of about 30 individuals underneath me, um, employees. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So when you're thinking about the little things that make a big difference, what are some of the things that come to mind for you and your work uh, in regards to supporting student learning and building success? Yeah, I, I the little things is relationships and connections. Uh, I, I'm big on it. I believe that those relationships and relevance get you results in your school and in your classrooms. Uh, and so uh, it's that old wise tale is, you know, no one knows how much, you, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Sure. And that's so true, especially in a middle school setting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Now, are you talking teachers or are you talking kids or both? I, I'm talking both. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm talking both. And, and not even that, I, I would go as far as parents and communities, right? Like it's those relationships because you can have one without the other and that would be a gap. You would have a gap. It's, it's building those connections and those relationships throughout uh, with all stakeholders that really just uplifts what you're able to do in your building. Mm-hmm. And in your building, are you kind of a block schedule with maybe four chunks in a day with maybe advisory period? Is that your structure? Uh, it is this year. Previously, it was not. Previously, we had an advisory at the beginning of the day and we had uh, all classes, we had uh, seven periods um, a day. So we were not on the block. We're now on the block. And I believe we will continue on a block um, schedule after this just because we've seen some benefits from that. But, uh, yeah, we were not previously. So when you're thinking about that relationship building and now you're in this block schedule, uh, how, how do you kind of weave in that relationship building as, you know, students are transitioning, you've got these longer periods of time when students are with teachers, but they aren't seeing as many adults in the day. What, what have been some of the strategies that you've been implementing? So one thing that uh, we did and I, I've, I've implemented in my building since I've been there, is during our advisory period, I do what's called an individual academic plan, where I start out the year, and every kid sets four goals, the type of grades they want to have, the type of student they want to be, the type of friends they want to have, and the type of friend they want to be. So they set those four goals at the beginning of the year, uh, and, and then we, we go to and we work on them creating SMART goals, right, of just one of those four areas of what they want support in and what they can do to better themselves uh, in that area. And so, because part of what I believe was missing for students, even now, is like they don't have a long-term goal plan, right? Like they're in the moment kids and they're quick, right? They're quick, they want those quick results. And understanding that something takes goals and those goals you set, you can can do those quick victimars. So having teachers have those times to be able to talk to the kids about their individual academic plan in the first quarter, really develops that relationship and that bond. But then it has to continue on. It has to continue throughout that time. Uh, so building in uh, this year, I started 159, where I had all the teachers pick one student that they would uh, do intentional connections with for five days a week for nine weeks. So for our first quarter, 159, 
one student five days a week for nine weeks. And it was difficult because we were all remote the first quarter. Um, but before we did that, I had everyone put, I had all of my kids' pictures and I had them take the picture off and we had a, I had a connection with. And so if they had a connection already with this kid, they moved them over on that one. And then all the kids, they were left. I asked them to pick one of those students for one, five, nine. And then the second quarter, we did that. They can keep the same kids. They felt like they hadn't built that meaningful relationship with them. Or they can put that kid that they had selected on the I have relationship with this kid, and they can select another one uh, for that. So intentionally building positive relationships and positive connections with our students in this unknown state of education that we've been in this year. Yeah. Right. I love that because I think, you know, when you take a look at the kids that we already have relationships with, sometimes those aren't the kids that need well, I mean, everybody needs a relationship, but those aren't the kids that need the intensive relationship support. And so I love that Absolutely. you're identifying those kids that maybe we don't know very much about that kind of fly yep. under the radar or we don't, <laughs> relationships are harder with those kids because they're harder right. kids. Um, and I love that you've intentionally focused on that. Did you involve all of your staff or just teachers? How about your assistants or other people in your building? How did you decide who was going to be doing the 159? It was all my program assistants and certified staff. I even asked my secretary um, to do it and my custodians. Uh, and they, I had them put kids who they already have relationship with. Um, I didn't have them do the uh, 159 just because we were in a virtual state. And so they weren't connecting with kids virtually. Mm -hmm. But as students are coming in the building, I, if they wanted to pick a student, then uh, they would. But my program assistants and um, teacher aides, um, certified staff, myself, my superintendent, uh, my special ed coordinator, all of us, you know, I asked them all just to get involved uh, so we can all love on our kids. That's and, awesome. And then when you're looking at that board and everybody's taken off the names of kids that they have connected, what a powerful process, what a powerful visual to see who's left on the board. And right. was, I was right. wondering, yeah. did you have a, more than you expected or less or were they surprises there? I think my teachers were very surprised when they start seeing those pictures of kids and just the relationships that they have built because they, we hadn't, you know, we had, you know, since last March. And so just being in this unknown state, uh, they, I think they were shocked and proud. Like some teachers were, had tears in their eyes, just thinking about these kids and those relationships and conversations that they've had. Um, my end goal is that for when my kids come in fifth grade, that every kid, by the time they're in eighth grade, have one adult in my building that they have a meaningful, purposeful relationship with. Uh, and, and I always say, some kids are harder than others, right? Yeah. Some kids we got to love through through some tough times, but that love, man, it just comes back once that seed is planted, and it and grows. And sometimes you don't get to see that. And I think that's the hardest part of being in a middle school and even elementary. Like some of that growth that you put in, it may not happen until they're senior year but then they come back and they tell you you know like having students who come back when they get out early to see teachers i tell you i say every building doesn't have that like every building doesn't have high schoolers wanting to come back to see their middle school teacher yeah so that's meaningful that's purposeful that says something about what we're doing uh in our building and so my goal is for every kid to have one adult by the time they uh get to eight in in eighth grade and graduate so if we're doing this every year um, we should be able to have that. And then when the fifth graders come, 
hopefully we get to a point where we just to grab new fifth graders yeah. and all our other kids already have them. Right. Right. And so yeah. then it's just um, going to my, my end goal is then getting to like a house system uh, where we have these house meetings where across the grade level, right. I'm not, if you're fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh, you may be meeting with the eighth grade teacher, but that's because that's the relationship you built with that teacher mm-hmm. or we're trying to build that relationship with that teacher and trying to build those connections with that person. You know, uh, Jim and I earlier today were talking about just that social emotional needs that's so exaggerated right now with, with students, especially not being in the building. And we were talking about those internalizing kids, right. That are kind of quiet, Mm -hmm. maybe a little depressed. And I'm curious also, if you noticed any patterns across the board, as you looked at those students that maybe didn't have as much of a connection with adults, were they your externalizers? Were they your internalizers? Were they kids that sort of were just quiet and blended into the wall? What What were your experiences when you looked at their needs from an SEL level? I I think so. When I look at the needs, um, I I was I would assume that it was going to be my high level students who kind of get things done, and you know, but don't need a lot from a teacher. So their relationships aren't necessarily connected uh, there, but really the picture across the board, um, it, it was very diverse. It was, it, it really made me proud of my teachers and just the equity and inclusiveness that they are doing in their classrooms, because there wasn't one specific category uh-huh. that stood out. Right. Yeah. So that, that made me, I was very, very, and I told them that too. So when you look at this, there's not one population of students that we say we're missing out on. We're uh-huh. building relationships with a diversified group of kids, which makes me happy, right? It makes me know that we're doing we're doing something right, right? Like if we're doing our job and we're, we're connecting with kids and we're understanding um, the heart of what we do and the content of what we do. So that that's it just made me happy. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to measure your one adult per student um, approach? I mean, is there a way that you're collecting that data? I currently, I'm not. Because of this year, uh, I, I'm not necessarily measuring that. I, I would get to that point um, next year. We do uh, an analysis when our, in our benchmark assessment of our students in their social emotional state. Um, and so just seeing that connection and starting to build in some of those, uh, my, my goal is to hopefully having that be tied into some growth mindset things as we build on there and measuring some of that with the kids and the teacher even. Uh, but no, I'm not, not this year. Yeah. You get a pass for right now. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> but it's a good question, right? Because we're always looking for that evidence of impact. And um, yes. even if you were to do the same exercise again next year, that itself would be a way for you to see because you have the list of kids who are on the board this year and a list of kids on the board next year and see how they are the same or different. That in itself is going to be a way for you to check and, and see some evidence of impact. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about an, a way that a, a, one of the last schools I was in, we, we did something called two by 10. Have you heard of that? I'm not. So it's, um, you know, we would do very similar thing where you would have a student that maybe was struggling or somehow wasn't connected. And so the teacher was asked to do two minutes with the student 10 days in a row. 
And we were able to see really some phenomenal connections because we recognized that, and, and there's an article out there, this is not our brilliant idea, but that two by 10 was what we noticed kind of a, a, a 10 day window. If you really committed to those two minutes and made sure that those two minutes were not related to school, were not related to work that wasn't done, you know, weren't related to necessarily something that the kid was doing wrong, that it was just like, hey, how are you? Tell me about your dog. And, you know, you had a conversation to just really find out about the kid. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because I think it folds so well in with the work that you're doing. And it might be another way to kind of you know, have maybe another layer of connection, especially when you're back in the building, oh, yeah. um, and see yeah. how, how one model might make a difference compared to another model. Um, though I love the, the longevity of that nine weeks, um, because, you know, they tie in with the, the, you know, the terms and they, they tie in with the time you're working with those, with those teachers. So hopefully we'll, you'll see some really long lasting connections across, across that kid's career in your school. So love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I love this two by 10 because I, you know, everyone building relationships is not everyone's necessarily cup yeah. of tea yeah. or comes natural to people. And so, but just saying a two minute snapshot, right? Like giving them that that window and giving them tools. I always look for tools that teachers can use mm -hmm. to have meaningful, purposeful conversations and different things. And so that is, that, that, that's, that's something. And even my students, right. So if I'm looking at um, trying to get some student mentors and, and I've been doing a little bit of that previous years, um, something that I like with student mentors doing student by students, right. Yeah. Like, Hey, just do two minutes with a kid, you know, with, with the, I was pairing eighth graders with fifth graders and, you know, just two minutes talking to them, talking to them about, yeah. you know, what they're doing, their habits there. Yeah, that's awesome. No. Give me ideas. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> two by <laughs> 10. Two X 10. And you should be able to find references. And if not, let me know and I'll get you some articles. Yeah, thank you. So what other little things have you found to be successful? So, um, you know, I mean, obviously you've been recognized as an outstanding leader and, you know, we're just wondering what can, what can other principals learn from your um, successes? Here's what I, I, and one little thing I say is your beginning of the year matters. What you do to start out your year. And, and I don't know the whole run of the mill when I was teaching is coming in and going over all the new policies and, Here's our insurance stains and <laughs> bloodborne pathogens and all that good stuff. It's like, that is not motivating me to get ready to get kids in my building, right? Like, I look at the little things for me. The beginning of the year is like opening a baseball season. We were right across the river in Illinois from St. Louis, and we're huge Cardinals fans. And opening day is like, it's beautiful to the point where teachers take personal days on, on opening day. And they're doing all this other good stuff. And they're excited about it. And I want our opening dates to be like that. So some of the things that we do is uh, we do a district-wide, what I call, get on the bus tour. And that's where we get all of our staff, my superintendent, everyone gets on the bus. And we started out where we would target six students. We would randomly, a.k.a. purposely, um, draw out six students that needed to know that we see them before school started to know that we're there for them, that we're supporting them. And we get on the bus and we all um, go to that house. All of the teachers in the district get off of the bus. I create a little cheer every year that we kind of chant when they come outside. 
uh, we work with local businesses to give us some donations and we give them school supplies and just welcome them to starting a great year and have them kick off the best year ever. We went from that to doing, still doing six kids, but then we like tag neighborhoods. So we go Facebook Live and I do an all call and tell them, watch out for the yellow school bus. Teachers are coming to meet you. We may be coming to a neighborhood to you, towards you. And we get but we get balloons. We're we're blue and um we're royal blue and gold. So we get royal blue and gold. And we go to neighborhoods and we tie balloons on mailboxes so we can tag neighborhoods that we were there. So even if they're not home, they know that we were there in their neighborhood and nearby. And it's just it's an awesome thing. It's just giving them pencils out and something small, but just going from our school to their neighborhood is a way of telling parents that we're on the same level with you. We can come to you or you can come to us, right? So as we're coming to you, we want you to feel comfortable coming to us throughout the school year and just connecting our communities uh, with our school. And it has been one of the most amazing experiences that the teachers, just they get rejuvenated, they, they get excited. Um, you know, they're just not in their rooms decorating. They get to see kids beforehand. Older, younger, or younger grade teachers can go see older, my middle school students that they hadn't seen in years. They partner together. It's just, it's a good start. It's a good start of the school year. Yeah, it really sets the tone while the other teachers are, other teachers in other buildings are learning about policies and signing off on policies. Your teachers are, are riding the bus and getting out into the community. Right. Does that is yes. that a full day thing? Is that a couple hours? How how do you rule that out? It's a, it's a it's normally a couple hours. We have like a kickoff in the morning and and do some exciting things and and kind of partner and and engaging our staff. And then by mid morning, about ten thirty eleven, we're getting on the bus for a couple hours and going out uh, into our community. I I love that because I I think it's really bringing. Um, like you said, the whole community with uh, the balloons on the mailboxes and uh, we were here kind of feeling and uh, just dropping off um, pencils or whatever swag you have. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Very cool way. And I like what you're talking about with your teachers, right? That they all come together and they're getting ready for welcoming everyone back because it, it is right. um, exciting and there is kind of an energy and it's nice that you're taking time to, to kind of celebrate and build that community around it. Oh yeah. T tell me about your um, teachers, and you know, if if you you know you talked about relationship building, you've been talking about your um, you know your trying to hook up kids, you know, the one, five, nine, et cetera. It sounds like you've been asking your teachers to do some things that are a little out of the traditional, right? So do you ever right. get any pushback or is there any way that you've been able to kind of inspire them a little thing that you've done that you think matters and helping make sure that teachers are, are ready for that level of, of involvement? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, um, modeling, right? Um, if I expect them to do it, then I'm doing it myself. Yeah. And so I'm I'm connecting with kids. I'm connecting with them. I'm connecting with parents. I'm I'm modeling what I expect. I'm not just sitting in my office um, there. I'm out in the mornings greeting kids. I'm in their classrooms, you know, not just observing, but participating in those lessons. I am staying after school and, and working with kids on homework. Um, the extra mile I'm asking them to give, 
I'm also getting uh, myself. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, my deal is just like every other building where you have those highs and you have those lows, you have those moments where they're like, yes, I'm gunned up, I'm behind. And you have those moments where you just got to, you know, motivate them and keep them understanding what what is our our why? Like, why are we doing what we're doing? And, and what's the purpose and our end goal? And so, I mean, to the point where they they saw it when it came into my building, we were currently, when I came building principal, they were marked by the state as underperforming. Mm. And part of the underperforming, I think it was, it wasn't that we weren't, they were doing, they weren't doing what they needed in the classroom. They were, it was just that connection and that, that environment needed to inspire students a little bit more to get a little bit more effort to get a little bit more and, and seeing that end goal and once we kind of redid that we're now commendable um there on the state level and just trying to keep moving up that level right and so seeing that i think also made them understand all right all right yeah like okay it's working like something is working yeah. i see the proof is in the pudding uh, having pants connecting having the tone of the conversation change. I mean, it was when I came there as a, as, as a building principal and I'm out in the community, I'm telling, hey, I'm going to do something just right the middle school. And they're like, where's that? I'm like, wait, like you don't know your own school, right? And we're, we're the smallest middle school. There's three middle schools in, in, in my O'Fallon and we're the smallest. Um, we're, we're the two separate districts that all feed into one high school. Um, and my building, so the size of my current district was the size of my building that I used to be a principal at before mm. I came to Joseph Arthur Middle School. So moving down to a smaller, smaller district and a smaller building really gave me the opportunity to really focus on some things. And really, um, so my goal was to get people to understand who we are and what we're doing for our kids and our community uh, and telling our story. And so, and that's part of it. That's, you know, connecting to the community, connecting with families, connecting with kids and letting families share our story letting kids share our story uh, is is important. So the next step I'm doing is I did a, a Friday five last year where it was five minutes with myself and one of my students and just getting to know what's happened in our school and getting to know our kids and sharing that out. And it was really, really awesome. And I paused on that um, this year just because we were just focusing on swimming, right? Like yeah. I don't need my student to do anything extra. I didn't want my Teachers doing anything extra, right? Like, let's swim. Let's connect with our kids. Let's be meaningful, but not worry about that pressure. So I'm at the point where we're going to start doing it, but I'm going to have a teacher edition and a student edition, right? So to get our, our community to connect with our teachers and learn, like, know who our teachers are, right? Like, yeah. you, your kids may have them, but let's talk about what, what do you like about this school year? What have you missed about this school year? What do you love about being a teacher here in this district? Well, and just asking those questions and it's just five minutes, get to share it out and, you know, put it on all our social media platforms and letting the parents see it and the parents get to share. And then we have one for our students, a student edition of it. And, and that, that has helped as well. I think that's a little thing that makes yeah, a big impact. Yeah. Right. And so when you talk about like a student edition and a teacher edition, are you talking about a one-on-one with you for the, with the teacher and then also a one-on-one with the student? Or come, yes. Okay. Yep. All right. And then, so tell me what, what kinds of things have you learned from having those conversations with your students when you were able to? I, so I've learned what their, their opinion of what matters for them in our school, right? Because I think we look at it from an adult 
lens often, but you know, those I uh, when we were in person and I would do Friday fun Fridays, Friday mornings before school, you get there early and we would have fun Fridays. We would do karaoke, our dance competitions, our line learn new line dance, or just do something fun. Uh, we we do minutes and winning games, having those things, and so. Sometimes, like, the teachers think, oh, man, like, another thing or not. And then hearing the kids, like, excited about it, like, man, when can we do another Fun Friday? Or why are we doing Fun Fridays this year? And just that being part of something that makes them excited to come to school. Um, hearing those things that make them proud of our school and what they're doing in their classrooms. And I also get to learn what's happening in my classes, right? Because I ask them what's one thing that they did this week that was fun or engaging or that they liked the lesson and so just hearing that because you know we i can't be in every class every day every minute so hearing from a student something that is done then the teacher gets to hear them bragging on them yeah uh, and i also asked the kids last year like who's a hero and why and just hearing whether from a friend or a parent or a teacher and then once that happens i then would if it's one of my teachers i would send them a card at home just saying, hey, I don't know if you checked the Friday Five, but thank you for building a relationship with kids so-and-so because you are making a difference in our building. Wow. And just trying to wrap it all together. Yeah. That's awesome. What are the demographics of your, your school? I mean, like, what is the char- or what are the characteristics of your district? Yeah, so um, we are, uh, we're about 65% free and reduced lunch. Uh, I have a, a 50% diversity in my building. Um uh, about a 5% Hispanic uh, population in my building, about a 48% um, population of African-American in my building. Um, majority of all my certified staff are is white. Um, I, I am the only black certified educator in our district and our district demographics is, is changed. Uh, we're an urban setting. Um, we, have, we have parent involvement. Um, to the level that they can involve, right? So just like I think any other building, we have parents who are super, super involved. We have parents that we're trying to get involved. But um, most part, if we connect with our parents, they're they're supporting us and they're they're trusting us that we're doing what's best for their kids. Yeah. I love listening to your ideas. And it's one of the best things about us doing this podcast is that Jim and I always get to leave with lots of very cool ideas. And you have added to my list uh, tenfold. And I am so grateful um, that you've taken time to share with us, especially all those relationship building. And, and although I kind of joked at the beginning about, you know, the, the changes that middle level students go through, you have created such a positive, uh, welcoming, supportive environment for those students um, as they kind of transition from that elementary up into that high school that, uh, you know, I wish that my kid uh, could be in your school. So I'm, I'm just grateful. Oh, thank you. We, we always end our podcast with one question and we'd love to know from, from you, uh, your answer that if you could travel in a time machine and go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? Wow. Like, wh- okay. You have to define younger self, right? So is it like younger <laughs> Younger educator, younger student. <laughs> you choose. You get to decide. <laughs> okay, okay. So I think uh, if I would go back and tell my younger self as an educator, um, I, I think it's kind of the message that I I, I I talk to people about it now is that like 
And this thing of education, it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? Mm. So if you try to if you try to sprint sometimes, it, it just it changes so much in engaging and, and from class to class, from day to day to moment to moment, it's a sprint. So you have to prepare yourself to to endure the sprint. Um, but just like when you finish a marathon, the the reward is worth the training, it's worth the grinding, it's worth the time, it's worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah. That's Excellent. awesome. Are you are you a real marathoner in real life? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> Neither are we. Well, no, I have run a marathon. <laughs> and your horses. your comparison with the training is really powerful because really the hardest thing about running a marathon is the training. You know, it's that day to day, like you said, grind. And so I think your um, analogy is appropriate because uh, we have to really be ready for the the lifting, the work, right? Uh, that takes yes. place. Yeah. And uh, we so appreciate you sharing your strategies and ideas with us today. So thank you for taking time out of your busy life uh, to spend time with us. Yeah, it's been great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. And it, it's, it's Dr. Young, isn't that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. wanted to make sure yeah. we <laughs> honor the doctor. That's right. Give you your due diligence. So. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. You do the same. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.